Welcome to the Gwinnett Daily Post podcast. Today is Tuesday, February the 28th, and pass the maple syrup because today is National Pancake Day. Hank, I have been flapping jacks for 32 years. Well, it's never too late to learn how to do it right. I'm Doug Harding, and here are your top stories presented by Kia Mala, Georgia. Collins Hill is mourning the loss of a recent graduate and football star who passed away after a lengthy battle with cancer. Consignment is back this week at the Gwinnett County Fairgrounds, and UGA signee Lamirion Jordan had a huge game to lead Norcross to the Elite Eight. Plus, we'll get our hockey update from our friends at the Atlanta Gladiators. We'll have all this and more on the Gwinnett Daily Post podcast. We sat down with Lauren Livesay and Colin Cappy, second-generation employees of Kia Mall of Georgia, and asked them what makes Kia Mall of Georgia different. We are family-owned and operated. Um, we have been here for going on 29 years. We take everything to heart here, and um, all of our hard work is what we put into it as a family. Not every other business has that. Been here in Buford for 25 years, selling cars to anyone that wants one. The reasons why you would come to a small family-owned dealership, you get that sort of family experience. Kia Mall of Georgia, making a difference in the lives of their customers. Go see them on the lot at 4180 Buford Drive in Buford or visit them online at kiamallofgeorgia.com. As his Collins Hill teammates finished off the football program's first state championship in 2021, then Collins Hill senior Jaden Faison was in his own fight. Faison was an inspiration during the state title run and he spent the latter stages of that breakthrough season in the hospital battling cancer. He kept fighting through Friday when he died less than two years after his diagnosis. His legacy at Collins Hill revolves around that fighting spirit, which he showed on the football field and while battling cancer. Collins Hill coach Drew Swick remembered Faison as a hardworking player who didn't say too much, but always had a smile on his face. Swick was part of a group along with then Collins Hill head coach Lenny Gregory and principal Carenzo Wing that visited Faison in the hospital in late April 22 to present him with a Collins Hill High School diploma. At the time, Faison was using a wheelchair, but has been preparing for the moment for two weeks so that he could walk and receive his diploma. That spirit paid off on the football field, where he was an undersized inside linebacker at 5'11", 175 pounds. He made up for the lack of ideal size with speed, hard work in the weight room, and intense preparation. While he didn't start on the loaded state championship team's defense, he was on every special teams unit and was regarded for his tackling ability. Swick, who was promoted to head coach after the 2022 season, said the Collins Hill program plans to wear a number eight patch in honor of Faison's number this season, as well as make the number eight jersey special, one that is given to a top defensive player each season who earns the right to wear it. The semi-annual Kid Signment Sale is back this week and runs through Saturday at Gwinnett County Fairgrounds. The sale features quality, gently used infant, kids, teen, and maternity clothing, shoes, accessories, games, puzzles, toys, bikes, baby equipment, and much more from more than a thousand families who are sellers at the event. This week's schedule at the consignment sale at the Gwinnett County Fairgrounds, Tuesday, February 28th from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., Wednesday, March 1st, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., and items are 25% off unless the tag is marked NR. Thursday, March 2nd is 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., and items are 33% off unless the tag is marked NR. Friday, March 3rd will be 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., with items are 40% off unless the tag is marked NR. And Saturday, March 4th is 9 a.m. to 
6 p.m. and we'll have items that are 50% off unless tag is marked NR. Head over to kidsimons.com for more information. While things didn't go well for Georgia's men's basketball team in Saturday's loss to Missouri, its fans can take solace in what happened Saturday in Norcross. Bulldog signee LaMarion Jordan went off for 36 points, 27 in the second half, as fourth-ranked Norcross pulled away from Osborne for a 72-60 victory in the Class 7A second round. The defending state champion Blue Devils, who are 25-4, unbeaten in February, will host Newton at 7 p.m. Wednesday is the Elite Eight, marking the fourth time those two have played in the last two seasons. Jordan, who also grabbed 12 rebounds, scored the first seven points of the third quarter to open up a more comfortable lead that grew as big as 18 in the second half. The six foot six wing scored 16 of the team's 23rd quarter points and made all four of his three pointers in the second half. Samarian Bond and Toby Ojukwu up Jordan in the fourth quarter to keep Osborne from making it a close game. Ojukwu, who had four rebounds and three assists, was five for five from the free throw line in the fourth. Bilal Abdur Rahman scored 11 for the Blue Devils. Up next is a rematch with Newton, a team Norcross beat 73 to 71 earlier this season on Jordan's game-winning three-pointer in the Hawks Naismith Classic. The two teams played twice last season, including Norcross's victory in the state finals. Gwinnett County has seen a wave of big construction projects in recent years. Lawrenceville got a new art center and college corridor, while the Gas South Convention Center underwent a major expansion. Duluth got a new entertainment district, Sugar Hill built a downtown district, Beaufort Highway in Suwannee has been transformed with new housing, and the exchange at Gwinnett has risen out of the ground near Beaufort. But the construction isn't finished, not by a long shot. A new wave of big construction projects include new development and new redevelopment projects is coming along across Gwinnett County. From Snellville to Lilburn to Decula out to Petrie Corners and even in Lawrenceville, there are major projects that are either under construction or will be coming up in the next few years. The new wave of big projects offer a range of focuses. Northside Hospital is turning its Gwinnett campus in Lawrenceville into what is expected to eventually be the biggest campus in the hospital system with a new 15-story patient tower. That tower, by the way, will also be one of the tallest buildings in Gwinnett County when it's done, although the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel will retain its title as the county's tallest building. Northside is also working on a medical office park on Buford Drive across the street from the Exchange of Gwinnett in the Mall of Georgia area. For more information on all the projects in Gwinnett, head over to GwinnettDailyPost.com. Hey guys, Wayne here with Peggy Slappy Properties. The team and I are ready to make the assist and help you find your next home. Serving Gwinnett County and surrounding areas for 40 years, our veteran lineup will make shopping for a house a slam dunk. Call us at 770-271-5555 or check us out online at psponline.com. Whatever your real estate needs, our team of experienced professionals is here to serve you. Buying and selling a home is more than just a transaction. It's our priority. Peggy Slappy Properties is a trusted market leader in the greater Gwinnett area for 40 years and counting. Everyone is worried about inflation, and for many on a fixed income, 
Tom M. Wages Funeral Service pre-funding funeral pre-arrangements allows you to beat inflation. Because we put your money in a trust, Tom M. Wages is able to guarantee your family will not have to pay the future costs of goods and services, regardless of how much it increases in the future. Prices will always go up. A sure way to save money and beat inflation is to pre-fund your pre-arranged funeral today. Let the family service professionals at Tom M. Wages in Snellville or Lawrenceville help you. Call Tom M. Wages at 770-978-3200 or email jim at wagesfuneralhome.com. Tom M. Wages, the most respected and requested funeral home in Gwinnett County. Are you looking for your next big job or just wanting to improve your work situation? Here's a great opportunity. Gwinnett County is having a Career From Here hiring event March 17th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Gas South Convention Center at 6400 Sugarloaf Parkway in Duluth. Bring your resume and dress for success. Apply for jobs from animal services, engineering, IT, to all sorts of trades. Gwinnett County offers competitive pay, benefits, paid training, and more. You can also apply in advance online at GwinnettCountyJobs.com. The Career From Here hiring event, Friday, March 17th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth. Find out more at GwinnettCounty.com. The Gwinnett Daily Post is giving away a family four-pack of tickets to Fernbank Museum. Call 404-997-8655 and leave a voicemail for your chance to win four tickets to go to Fernbank. And now here's community reporter Matt Golden with our Gwinnett Education Spotlight. Hello Gwinnett listeners. Gwinnett County has many great schools that have great traditions in academics, athletics, student life, leadership, arts, and more. Today we're going to look at Peachtree Ridge High School. Peachtree Ridge High School is located in Suwannee. It is one of two public schools in the county that uses block scheduling. The other is Shiloh High School. Peachtree Ridge was established in 2003. Its principal is Jad Jurazinski. It has around 3,300 students. Its colors are white, blue, and red. Its mascot is the lion, and its newspaper is the roar. The Peachtree Ridge High School robotics team, also called the Team 1261 Robo Lions, was established in 2003 and 2004. Team 1261's main platform is the first robotics competition which takes place during the spring semester. Since 2004, the team has won four regional events and numerous other awards for design efficiency, creativity, and performance. In the 2014 season, the Peachtree Ridge High School robotics team won the Palmetto Regional, becoming the first Georgia team to win a regional. In 2022, the Peachtree Ridge High School NJROTC received 21st place at the 2022 NJROTC Navy Nationals hosted at Pensacola Naval Air Station. The Lions Battalion beat countless other highly ranked NJROTC programs and received a third place trophy for the Shuffle Run event. Notable alumni from Peachtree Ridge include NFL player Orlando Brown Jr., NFL player Drew Butler, Zach Graham, a basketball player in New Basketball Brazil, Cameron Hayward of the NFL, Connor Hayward of the NFL, Kevin Minner of the NFL, Nick Niedert of the MLB, Bradley Roby of the NFL, Devin Vassell of the NBA, Jared Walsh of the MLB, Nigel Warrior of the NFL, 
and Romello White, who plays in the Israeli Basketball Premier League. For more information on Peachtree Ridge High School, please go to peachtreeridge.org. For the Gwinnett Daily Post podcast, I'm Matt Golden. Having trouble finding a vein? Yeah, a little. How about now? I've trained my major blood vessels to retract into my body on command. For the second time in four years, Primerica officials have donated a vehicle to the American Red Cross to help with blood collections across the metro Atlanta area. Primerica and his philanthropic arm, the Primerica Foundation, presented a Ford Transit Connect van to Red Cross officials while also hosting a blood drive on Wednesday. It is the latest action in a long-standing relationship between Primerica and the Red Cross that stretches back to 2011 and has seen more than $400,000 in disaster relief donations and medical equipment given to the Red Cross. Primerica employees have also donated more than 3,000 pints of blood during blood drives held over the last 20 years. Primerica previously donated a Dodge Ram ProMaster City Van to the Red Cross in 2019. The vehicle donated this week is expected to help the Red Cross grow its blood supply, coming at a time when the organization is trying to increase its supply all across Georgia. The new vehicle will be used to transport blood from Red Cross processing, testing and storage centers to patients in hospitals and cancer treatment centers. Primerica officials said the vehicle can also be used for emergency deliveries or rare blood and urgent blood to hospitals that are experiencing shortages. Well, Tiffany Top of the A and everybody here as chairman of the PTA, I am D-diddly delighted to take over and I think I can put the pal back in principal. Gwinnett County Public Schools appointed two elementary school principals and a new district-wide instructional technology and innovation chief on Thursday night. The board voted to appoint Ashley Coughlin as a new principal at Berkeley Lake Elementary School and Stacy Pickett as a new principal at White Oak Elementary School. Board members also voted to appoint Lisa Watkins as a new executive director of instructional technology and innovation. Coughlin worked for the GCPS since 2007 when she joined the district as a teacher at Suwannee Elementary School. She moved from Suwannee Elementary to Roberts Elementary School in 2010, where she also served as a teacher. Then she became the local school technology coordinator at Harris Elementary School in 2012 and then became an assistant principal at that school in 2014. Pickett has worked in education since 1998 when she became a teacher in DeKalb County Schools. She joined GCPS in 1999 as a Title I teacher at Stripling Elementary School and then moved to Cooper Elementary School as a teacher in 2003. She became the assistant principal at Gwyn Oaks Elementary School in 2004 and has been an assistant principal at White Oak Elementary School since 2009. Watkins has worked in education for more than 30 years with much of that time spent in GCPS. She joined the district in 1991 as a language arts teacher at the Gwinnett Online Campus and stayed in that position until 1999 when she became an instructional lead teacher at the online campus. She became GCPS's Director of School Technology in 2017. Hello Canada and hockey fans of the United States and Newfoundland. And now Liam Gottimer of the Atlanta Gladiators joins us for our Atlanta Gladiators update. And we're back with Liam Gottimer of the Atlanta Gladiators. And Liam, happy to have you back. We had a uh, interesting weekend with the Glads, a, a little bit of up and down. Uh, what all? What all do we see this weekend? Yeah, I'm glad to be back, Matt. Thank you again for having me. It's great to join you. And yeah, it was uh, an up and down weekend, but uh, the Gladiators they 
went two and one. And I think we'll take that, you know, after what's been a tough stretch, of course, the eight game losing streak, which is now in the past, but we'll start Friday against the Jacksonville Iceman at Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena. And they went up against a red hot goaltender in Charles Williams. He was the ECHL goaltender of the week from February 13th to the 19th. And the Gladiators went in there and shut out the first place Iceman, getting the first goal of the game, uh, aided by two empty netters um, to bring them to the three to nothing victory. Of note in that game, Joe Murdaka was excellent, making 29 saves on 29 shots through 40 minutes. He did not return for the third period. David Tendek came in cold uh, off the bench and made six out of six saves to preserve the shutout and the victory. So a lot going on in that game, but Friday night uh, was certainly a pivotal, pivotal moment, uh, you know, in the trajectory of the gladiators season uh, heading in the right direction. And then you fast forward to Saturday night, of course, another road game uh, against the South Carolina stingrays uh, in North Charleston, South Carolina. And that was a game that really started off well for the glads and uh, didn't end up great to be quite honest. Reese Vitelli and Sang Hoon Sheen with the first two goals of the game. If you can go back and watch the second goal of the game for the glads, Sang Hoon Sheen with a buzzer beater at the end of the first period. That was really cool to see glads had a two to nothing lead, um, but eight out of the next uh, seven out of the next eight goals would be scored uh, by the South Carolina Stingrays. The Gladiators would give the number one power play unit in the entire ECHL eight opportunities and South Carolina would score five times up a man. So Gladiators shot themselves in a the foot uh, a little bit in that game and but they had a chance to get back at it uh, yesterday afternoon against the Fort Wayne Comets back at Gas South Arena. And oh boy, was that an exciting affair. Uh, it was a 6-4 to four victory. Uh, Mike Pellick with the power play goal, a deflection off a of Noah Lowen shot uh, about halfway, less than halfway into the first period. And then Billy Constantino, he gets his first goal back with the Gladiators this season. Of course, spent time with Atlanta last season, his fifth of the season. And again, the Gladiators, they came back multiple times. Excuse me, Fort Wayne came back multiple times and the Gladiators took the lead right back. Dylan Carabia got his second goal of the season. Noah Lowen with a goal and two assists. And Sang Hoon Sheen, the extra effort player that he is, uh, he was able to get the game-winning goal uh, and the empty net goal to seal it. So again, Matt, uh, the Gladiators went 2-1 and one on the weekend and things are looking bright as they uh, head towards the playoff push here. Absolutely. I think anybody would take 2-1 and one over a weekend. You know, one thing that I don't think people necessarily appreciate, you play Friday night in Jacksonville, then I assume you get right on the bus and head to North Charleston, and then you play Saturday night, and then you get right back on the bus, you're back in Duluth, and you've got another game. I mean, three games in three days with that kind of travel is, is pretty insane. Uh, you're absolutely right. And uh, that's just the belly of the beast when it comes to the ECHL schedule. And for the Gladiators specifically, they had a lot of home games in the early portion of the season. And that means they're going to need to catch up on the road uh, as the season winds down here. And uh, again, that's exactly what we've seen. But even though the schedule hasn't been easy, you know, there's been multiple weekends in a row uh, and multiple weekends forthcoming to where the Gladiators are going to have to play three games, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or example for this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, and I think the Glads, the, again, the fact that they're, went two and one uh, despite, you know, the insane travel, uh, you know, in the quick turnaround, especially against three very good teams, quite frankly. I mean, the, to be able to come out with a two to nothing lead against the South Carolina Stingrays again, like you said, Matt, just right after coming from Jacksonville, of course, you don't go and win that game, but you know, it's still impressive that you can go into their building, uh, you know, and create a little bit of a lead. And maybe if they just stayed a little bit more disciplined, uh, things could have gone the other way. Uh, and then of course, returning home, Fort Wayne is, is, you know, no slouch either. They're, they were coming off two uh, losses against the Savannah ghost pirates at end market arena. They came in yesterday afternoon, a hungry, 
hungry team, a team that needed two points just as much as the Gladiators did. Uh, and it was impressive to see Atlanta just fight back, uh, even though portions of that game didn't go their way. Uh, and of course, to come out with the much needed two points. You know, a benefit for this upcoming road trip is that you're staying in the same area. Um, you'll go down to Savannah for the game Thursday night. Then the next day, or that, I guess after that game, you hop on the bus two hours over to North Charleston, and you're there for two nights. So, hey, two chances to get a little bit of payback on the Stingrays and, and a good little matchup in that in that southeast uh, southeastern area, definitely. Yeah, you're right, Matt, for sure. And, you know, I think what's critical about this weekend in particular, of course, you always want to beat your interstate rivals, right, uh, in the Savannah Ghost Pirates. And that's a team that Atlanta should beat, you know. Uh, the uh, Excuse me, the Ghost Pirates are at the bottom of the South Division, and you need to take advantage of those teams uh, towards the bottom, especially when, again, every point is just so, so important. And, you know, looking at the standings again, the South Carolina Stingrays, they're the team that the Gladiators are looking up to. Their Stingrays are currently tied with 65 points with the Greenville Swamp Rabbits, and Greenville and South Carolina are tied for fourth place, and that's the fourth and final playoff spot. So that's, you know, an eight-point swing uh, in, you know, a span of two games. So if the Gladiators can come away with one or, you know, in an ideal scenario, two wins uh, during that stretch, they can find themselves uh, adjacent uh, to the Stingrays in the standings. And if that's the case, it's going to be a battle for the rest of the season. So for me personally, looking at the schedule, again, like you said, with the travel, but also with the landscape of the playoff picture, the fact that the Gladiators have two chances to gain four points in the standings on the South Carolina Stingrays in a span of two days is really huge. And again, the Gladiators are coming in a confident group. And especially if they're able to continue that momentum that they gained against Fort Wayne against Savannah, then suddenly the Gladiators have won four out of their last five games on a two-game winning streak going into North Charleston, South Carolina, obviously with a chip on your shoulder, right? Because they beat you seven to three the last time you faced off. So it's going to be really exciting. I'm excited for this weekend. This will be a fun weekend, and I, and I love the rivalry that's emerged between the Ghost Pirates and, and the Glads. I mean, the North Georgia versus South Georgia, it's just, it's been great. It's been very fun to see. We'll go ahead and peek a little bit ahead to next week. The Glads are coming back home on, on next Tuesday, and it's going to be $2 Tuesdays. Yeah, $2 Tuesdays for sure, and uh, uh, it will be um... – Valid until puck drop, Labatt Blue Light. Um, and again, $2 beers. You got to love it as a hockey fan, right? Get yourself uh, ready for the game uh, in the right way. And uh, just as far as the home swing that's upcoming, like you mentioned, Matt, um, facing the Greenville Swamp Rabbits, like I just mentioned, uh, on March 7th, Swamp Rabbits and the Stingrays, they each have 65 points. So if you can gain points on either of those teams, it's going to be huge. So that's a game that Gladiators fans are going to want to have circled uh, on their calendar uh, for next week. And again, they face the Solar Bears uh, two Fridays from now and uh, back up against Greenville um, on March 14th. So Big chances here for the Glass. A lot, a lot of good hockey coming up. And yeah, hey, Labatt Blue, for, for someone who grew up in Georgia, I didn't really hear much about that until I started watching hockey coverage on ESPN. So I always think of that being like the quintessential hockey beer. So <laughs> absolutely a, a, a good, a good, there'll be a good night Tuesday night. Definitely a fun time to get out and we'll go ahead. It's all, it's never too early to, to plan ahead. And uh, uh, you can go ahead and renew your, or join your, uh, your membership for next season, get your tickets lined up. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, again, it's a friendly reminder that will soon be time to renew your season tickets in the next couple of weeks. If you have a season ticket package with the Gladiators, you'll receive a call from your account executive that will provide you more information on how to renew, upgrade your seats uh, for next year and benefits for the next season of Gladiators hockey. And I'd like to also mention that there's going to be changes to the way uh, Gladiators fans will enjoy hockey at Gas South Arena next season. So there are YouTube videos uh, on the Atlanta Gladiators page. Excuse me, there is a YouTube video on the Atlanta Gladiators YouTube page uh, that describes all of those changes. So I would encourage all GLADS fans that are watching this uh, podcast to also check that out and uh, garner some more information in regards to your game experience for next year. It's going to be a lot of fun. It really is. Absolutely. And I was looking, it's, it's great that there's so many options for packages. And so, you know, I understand that a lot of people may not be able to do every game, but definitely those flex packages and, and the 24 game packages, those can be a really good thing to, to do. So absolutely. I think great opportunity. It looks like it'll be a fun year as we kind of finish out this year and look forward to the next. Absolutely. And, you know, just going uh, onto what you mentioned about the different ticket packages, there's different plans for every different kind of hockey fan, right? You know, if you'd like to be there for a lot of the games, you can do that uh, with our 24 game packages, our 12 game packages, and of course, our flex plans as well to where you can pick and choose what games uh, you'd like to enjoy as a Gladiators fan. So like you said, Hockey in the hockey in Atlanta is certainly growing. Uh, and again, I think uh, yesterday afternoon against the Fort Wayne Comets, we had close to 7,000 people in attendance at Gas South Arena. God's fans are really back behind their uh, their team, and it's really awesome to see. And for me personally, someone coming from Savannah with the Ghost Pirates, and you know, and getting immersed, you know, first and foremost with hockey in you know in Atlanta. I mean, obviously, I've been immersed with hockey in the state of Georgia, but coming to this side of things, it's been really cool to see and just the passion uh, and the energy that God's fans bring. To games and the way that they support their team i really enjoy it as the broadcaster it makes me feel humbled and uh and pr- and prideful for sure absolutely i love hearing that and i love love that you've gotten welcome pretty quickly up here in, in duluth and you know liam it, it, i look forward to talking to you each week and hopefully we'll have a have another hopefully have a really good weekend this weekend get a couple of wins against the stingrays because I've, I've got family in charleston so I, I, hopefully i can get a few bragging rights on them <laughs> likewise matt for sure and uh, yeah, you know, again, big games coming up against the Stingrays, and I hope for your sake you're able to uh, grab some uh, bragging rights. And hey, Matt, ever since I joined your show, just putting it out there, Gladiators playing some good hockey. It's been two weekends in a row where Gladiators have come out with some uh, much needed victories. So let's keep it going. We gotta keep it going. Yeah, well, always a pleasure to have you on, and uh, let's, let's look forward to some more good hockey. My pleasure to be here, Matt. Take care. All right, thank hey, you. what are you doing? I'm adding to my Pinterest boards. There are so many great Pinterest ideas out there. I don't know which one to start first. I know what you mean. That's why I made plans to go to the Georgia Pinners Conference at the Cobb Galleria on March 24th and 25th. The Georgia Pinners Conference? What's that? It's the one event where creative, passionate do-it-yourselfers go to attend classes taught by the best Pinterest presenters from all over the nation. There are over 100 classes showcasing the most popular Pinterest trends, and the best part is that you can make and complete your projects right then and there. Plus, there's over 200 vendors showcasing their new products for the year. That sounds like something I definitely want to attend. I know! This is going to be so much fun! The Georgia Pinners Conference, the Cobb Gallery on March 24th and 25th. Go to ga.pinnersconference.com to register and sign up for classes you're most interested in. But hurry, classes fill up fast. That's georgia.pinnersconference.com. 
Gwinnett County Public Schools is looking for bus drivers. The Gwinnett County Public Schools transportation team transports over 133,000 students to school every day. GCPS also offers world-class training for drivers. You'll get commercial driver's license training from a team of professionals, all while receiving full pay and benefits. Earn up to $27.03 an hour and make the difference in the lives of students. To apply today, visit gcpsjobs.org slash drivers. Thanks again for listening to today's Gwinnett Daily Post podcast. Did you know over 50% of Americans listen to podcasts weekly? Make sure you join us for our next episode and be sure to share this podcast on social media with your friends and family. Add us to your Alexa Flash Briefing or your Google Home Briefing and be sure to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, Executive Producer. Doug Harding, Creative Director. Jacob Sutherland, Director. Producers Jason Gentarola and Matt Golden. And Jin Rei Zhang, Video Producer. All rights reserved.